On today's episode of Locked on Raptors, your Toronto Raptors got well in Brooklyn last night, taking them down 133-97. We will dig into why this was such an important game against, yes, a very depleted Nets roster, but who cares? It was as crucial a get-well win as you'll come across ever for any team, really. We'll also dig into Malachi Flynn's really strong performance. Could he be turning the corner? And I think it's pretty safe to say that Precious Achua is absolutely turning the corner. We'll talk about all that. We'll hand it to the dude of the game and more coming up on today's episode of Locked On Raptors. Thanks for being here. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on welcome to episode number 1128 of locked on raptors for god what day is it <laughs> it's tuesday it's march apparently tuesday march the first i'm your host sean woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. you can find me on twitter as always at woodley sean you can find the show at locked on raptors and of course you can find the podcast wherever you get podcasts free and available you can follow rate review subscribe etc on apple Podcasts, spotify all of the good ones that you know and all the little uh, indie ones as well i'm sure we're there too we're also on youtube and you can go subscribe there if you want to see my face every day in video form it's uh the reviews are not terrible uh, <laughs> that's the best i can say uh of the people looking at my face every day so yay uh all right on today's show we are going to dig into the Raptors game against the Nets last night. A win against a very depleted roster that doesn't feel like any great accomplishment, but a win that I actually think is one of the bigger wins the Raptors have pulled out this season for a couple of different reasons. We're also going to dig into some box score notes on some guys who impressed last night. The list is long, so we'll dig into that. And we have the dude of the game to hand out as well, but before we do that, uh, first reminder, or thank you, that is, uh, for making us your first listen of the day. Let's get to my big takeaway from this game, and it is that this was as crucial a get-well win over a depleted opponent as you're ever going to come across. There were just so many different things at play in this one where a win really felt like the only option, and they pulled it out in very, very large fashion, winning by 36 points, of course. Um, you know, the reasons are many-fold. Of course, you've got the standings to consider. You know, I think to, it's safe to say that if the Raptors can go into Toronto tonight with fans back in the stands, mind you, and take on this same Nets roster and beat them, they'll be up four games in the standings uh, on the Nets for the seventh seed, and... I think that might be enough to kind of cinch that away for the Raptors. Look, it's not obviously there's plenty of time to go. They could go on a losing streak and spiral towards doom, but it's far more likely that the four games will be too much for the Nets to make up over the course of the next 20 or so games. And we're not even sure when they're going to get their main guys back. There's still uncertainty about what the hell is going on with the vaccine situation in New York City, the private versus public vac vaccine mandates, et cetera. We don't really know when Kyrie's going to play. He's certainly not going to play tonight. We know that because of the vaccine mandate and rules in Toronto. Uh, you've also got the question of Ben Simmons. The reports are that he's probably not going to be back in time for the March 10th game against the Sixers, which is funny. Uh, and also, that's precious time that the Nets are just running out of here. They've played 62 games. They have 20 games left to go, 19 after tonight. 
And if the Raptors can win this second game after pulling up that big one last night, that four games is going to be pretty insurmountable, I would say, especially considering the Raptors have a pretty home-heavy schedule down the back part of the season. They still have a long road trip or two mixed in here, but they close out with 8 of 10 at home. That's huge, and their strength of schedule is, uh, I'm not sure what it was or what it is now, but going into the second part of the season after the All-Star break, it was the 24th strongest strength of schedule in the league. So the Nets are going to be in tough here. I'm not saying they've clinched the seventh seed or better if they win tonight, but they kind of maybe clinched it if they pull this one out against Brooklyn. So that was reason number one why last night was so huge. The other was just that they had to get some good juju going, right? Like those first couple games out of the break were so upsetting to watch, so like out of reach so quickly, really, really big problems when it came to defensive intensity and more so in problems with getting the offense going in any reliable way whatsoever. And look, there were still some issues last night against the Nets. It wasn't perfect. Did they almost fall apart in the third quarter with a 20 plus point lead as a zone came out? They didn't really almost fall apart, but the offense didn't look so good. It just happens that the Nets had no sauce on the other end of the floor. They got just enough shot making from guys like Malachi Flynn and Pascal Siakam in that stretch to weather the storm. But, you know, it's not perfect by any means. You still had a rough shooting nights from Pascal Siakam and Gary Trent Jr. Siakam, like, you know, I, I'm not worried right now. You know, the playmaking last night was really good. He had six assists. He was everywhere defensively, three steals, two blocks. Uh, but the the touch is not right there on his jumper or his floater right now. Two of 14 again, like really, really rough stuff. I expect that will come back at some point soon here. It feels like just some lingering vacation hangover. It seemed like he had a very, very nice time on his trip. I do not begrudge him if he's sitting there like, eh, what am I doing back here playing basketball? Either way, I think that's going to come back for Pascal. But again, wasn't perfect last night scoring-wise. Uh, and then Ken Birch still really struggling as well. We'll get to him in the second segment and why I think his time in the starting lineup should probably be over at this point. Um, but overall, just the way that the Raptors kind of found a lot of the things that they had lost in the last couple of games was really nice. The bench came in, was super effective, really, really productive. Uh, they finally integrated Thad Young in, in a seemingly you know comfortable way. Some really interesting lineups they worked him into. I'll get to those as well. But yeah, overall, just kind of getting back to what Raptors basketball is supposed to be about. And they did so. They crashed the offensive glass, 16 offensive rebounds. And yes, the Nets weren't exactly sporting some incredible roster, but I don't think the Raptors are going to feel bad about it. They're not going to lose sleep about beating an incomplete team that was starting uh, James Johnson and Patty Mills and Bruce Brown and Andre Drummond, like Seth Curry, like that's not a good starting five. I don't think the Raptors care one lick about that. They're going to take it and they're going to use this game to get well. That's what get well wins are for, is to get well. It's to take that medicine against teams that are happily offering up that said medicine in great supply. Um, the other reason that this game was huge for the Raptors as well is that it kind of, at least for the moment, spelled some of the concerns that maybe are kind of arising when it comes to health and depth and rotations, et cetera, because the Raptors got some good time from Malachi Flynn, baby. It was unbelievable. I, I think, you know, last season, yes, he won a rookie of the month in I think March of last year, kind of a fake season. It was garbage time. They lost it basically every game that month. I'm willing to call last night's game only the second start for Flynn this season after his last one came when the Raptors were deep in the heart of COVID in the middle of December. Uh, I, I'm ready to call this the best game Malachi Flynn has ever played as a Toronto Raptor. 18 points, four boards, five assists, two steals, seven of 11 from the field, three of five from downtown, helped bust that zone with two threes in the third quarter, uh, walked into a mid-range jumper here and there, and even more impressively than his scoring, which 
as we've talked about, like he's got to be a scorer in the NBA to really make it stick. He has, in theory, good shot-making acumen. That has to be a part of his game just because when he's on the floor, he's typically going to be with guys who are funneling shots his way. We've seen that you know, back in the Wolves game a couple weeks ago when he came in and was a spacer, was out there to offer three-point shooting because not a lot of people on the roster can do that. You know, he's not always going to have the ball in his hands. And so while the shot making, you know, is going to become a bigger thing later, I was a little bit more impressed by the fact that he was playmaking his ass off in this game. You know, really kind of getting into the teeth of the defense, finding Precious Achua and Chris Boucher for just like a stream of corner threes was beautiful to see. He also had a beautiful setup for Pascal Siakam early on. Siakam missed that three. Uh, there were a couple secondary assists, a couple of other potential assists for Flynn in this one. Just a really top-to-bottom excellent performance. He was solid on defense as well. Two steals as the Raptors were uh, very, very uh, annoying, I would say, on the defensive end. 17 total steals in this game. They get from their starting five a combined 15 between uh, Siakam's three, Barnes's five, Trent's five, and Malachi Flynn's uh, five as well, or two as well. But they were just really, really annoying in the shirts of the Nets, in the passing lanes of the Nets, and Flynn was a big part of that. Just really, really good stuff. And it gives you a little bit of hope, even if it's just for one or two more games, that the Raptors can kind of withstand here and not force Fred Van Vliet back into action. We saw him look pretty rough in those two games, Friday and Saturday. They can get this game tonight against the Nets, likely with no Fred Van Vliet as well. I think there were injury reporters come out and he's not playing. That could be a game time thing as, as I record in this, uh, kind of later than I usually would in the middle of the afternoon. But uh, either way, I would say don't play Fred tonight. I would say don't rush him back because if Malachi Flynn can build on what he did yesterday, that instantly becomes a guy who, look, he's not Fred Van Vliet, obviously. We're not comparing him in any way to Fred Van Vliet, but as someone who can just kind of shepherd the offense along and make sure it doesn't fall into complete rubble over the next little while, I think Malachi Flynn, if he does what he did last night, even just like 80% of what he did last night, could be cooking with something pretty interesting there and help the Raptors not force Fred Van Vliet back, help the Raptors limit Fred Van Vliet's minutes exposure when he does return. You know, we talked yesterday on the podcast, we were going through the most worrying things about the Raptors in their recent play. And both Vivek and I agreed the biggest worry is Fred Van Vliet and his body breaking down. If Malachi Flynn can do what he did last night in any way and replicate that going forward. That's going to be huge. Still got to hold your breath on it because he has had moments in the past where it's looked good, where it seems like it's come together. And then, you know, he goes one of eight for the next next game out and you're kind of back to square one. So we'll hold our breath. We won't say anything declarative just yet. But if Malachi Flynn can keep on doing that, that is going to be a huge boost to the way the Raptors can manage the back part of this season uh, and just in the short term manage Fred Van Vliet's injury and not force him back in action before he might be ready. Uh, with that, we're going to continue on. I'm going to dive on the other side into some box score notes. Mostly we're going to talk about Precious Achua and Scotty Barnes because they were incredible in this game. Just a couple of 20-somethings being awesome at basketball way earlier than they probably should be. We will get to that in just one second here. But... First, I want to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online. They are amazing. They've got everything covered for you. Yeah, football season is over, but basketball is in full steam, both in the NBA and in the college ranks. March Madness coming up very, very soon. It is, in fact, March, if you did not hear. From the, all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next coach who is fired is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. It remains the best place for you to get sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net has you covered for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, your favorite Vegas casino games, all the way on down the line. 
Head to the website today, use your mobile device, and learn more about the trends and the action. You may even have baseball to look into on Bet Online soon as well because maybe they're going to get their crap sorted out. That's incredible news. Go to Bet Online, it's where the game starts. All right, let's continue on here. Your first listen of the day. I'm feeling the energy on this one. That win last night really kind of boosted me back up after those two very, very depressing losses over the weekend. And look, big reasons why I'm feeling good today uh, are two players who were new to the team this year, who were sort of the prize acquisitions, acquisitions that is of the offseason, Scotty Barnes and Precious Achua. So let's uh, dive into some box score notes and really focus on those guys. Let's begin with Barnes, shall we? I mean, <laughs> 34 minutes played, 28 points, 16 boards, four assists, five steals, a block, a plus 30, one of one on threes. The three he did hit was just like so crisp and clean early on. I think it was like the second bucket of the game. Uh, nine offensive rebounds, like personally was just on the receiving end of a bunch of Pascal Siakam's bricks in this one and put them back to make me not feel so bad about Pascal Siakam's bricks. Maybe give Siakam an extra five assists. I don't know. Um, but like he was just there to clean up everything around the rim. He was, you know, he had a dunk in transition after a big turnover the Raptors forced. And I was just so taken aback by how productive Scotty Barnes could be without really being the focal point of what the Raptors are doing on offense. You know, they had Malachi Flynn with the ball in his hands quite a bit, trying to get downhill, run pick and rolls, get blowbys on very slow guards like uh, <laughs> Patty Mills and flying by James Johnson, who was just completely cooked at this point. I don't really know what the Nets are doing playing him in many meaningful minutes. I know they're injured. They really should not be playing him in any meaningful minutes because he stinks. Um, but, the, you know, Pascal Siakam, even though he didn't have a good night, he took 14 shots, and he also had the ball in his hands quite a bit with the six assists. Probably could have been more there. You got Gary Trent Jr. playmaking as well with five assists, and all of this suggests that Scotty Barnes really wasn't seeing much of the ball. He wasn't really a primary person in most of the actions the Raptors were running. He was just there on the margins, filling in the gaps, and doing so to the tune of 28, 16, and four with five steals. And it gives you a lot of excitement about what he can be once that role does scale up and also makes it pretty comfortable to know, hey, even if he isn't going to be getting those reps on the ball right now, there will be time and opportunities within games for him to work on the stuff that he's also going to have to work on. That stuff on the margins, the sort of playing as a big man and learning the ropes of that position, the scoring around the basket. You know, there's going to be ISO chances for him. He's going to post up, et cetera. He doesn't have to run at, you know, 15 pick and rolls or anything like that in the game for him to get the reps that are going to be valuable for him down the line. He'll get on ball reps in time. And, you know, there'll be some bench moments, I'm sure, where he's going to get the, the chance to run things a little bit too, especially if Fred Van Vliet continues to be out. But the way he played last night, just as a finisher to everything the Raptors were doing, that's not an unimportant section of his game that he's going to have to work on over time. And it's cool that he is already so adept at it. You know, we talked coming into the season after the first couple games, realizing, oh man, this guy's just already a really good role player and who knows what else is going to come. On top of it, we've seen the flashes. We've seen the incredible ISO scoring, his ability to size up any matchup he wants and score. Obviously, the defense is coming a long way, even though he's still not perfect. It's come a long way from where it was at the start of the year. That just the advancement in all these different areas, he's just building the ground floor. He's not doing it like, all right, we're going to do it all here, build this foundation of scoring, and then we'll build this foundation of playmaking. He's kind of just laying all the brickwork very comfortably, like you're building a wonderful Lego set that you're trying to build 25 feet into the sky. You got to have that strong 
strong foundation. And uh, Scotty Barnes certainly has that going right now. Really, really cool to see him have a game like that last night. His second 28-pointer. And uh, for those keeping track on our over-unders projections from before the season and the midway point checking we did pretty recently with Vivek and Sahal, uh, I need that Scotty Barnes 30-point game. I'm two Raptors scoring 30 points in a game away from uh, getting the uh, over-under win on that particular question of number of different Raptors to score 30. So let's go, Scotty. Let him cook tonight. Uh, <laughs> we will also probably have to talk here about another man who could score 30 points at this rate. It's Precious Achua, baby. Uh, 24 minutes for him last night, 8 of 14, 3 of 5 from downtown, uh, plus 25 in the game, 28 and 4 he finishes with. Uh, Precious, I, 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 I'm, I'm hesitant to say that he's been the best Raptor since the All-Star break. Scotty Barnes has been damn good in two of the three games. However, Scotty Barnes more or less got benched in the second game against the Hawks and did kind of do a lot of his damage in the Hornets game in garbage time in a game in which they were not winning. Precious Achua, however, was like a plus in that Hawks game somehow and was another enormous positive for the Raptors. So maybe that is the take. Precious Achua has been the best Raptor since the All-Star break. Who'd have thunk you would have said that? But it's kind of true. He's been really, really good. We know the defense with him is there. The amount of ground he covers, the rim protection he offers, he's just such a thick dude. No one's really moving him off his spot. Like the defense is pretty, pretty special from him already. And it's, you figure, only going to get even more impressive as we go here. You know, I made the point and I invoked the name of Marc Gasol, which I don't do lightly, but we've seen the Raptors play kind of a similar one style of defense for the last couple seasons. I think Achua is kind of their avenue to potentially doing more, being more versatile, calling out different coverages, doing the thing where they would just kind of decide the defense on the fly. That requires, obviously, a really high level of IQ across the entire board and the entire lineup. But with a guy like Precious, who can kind of play any defensive style because of his mobility and his strength and his ability to blow stuff up, you know, he can be a drop guy. He can come up high and still blow up those, those pick and rolls and those lobs and things like that. Like, he is a special, special defensive prospect. He's only 22 in his second season. That's the stuff that's supposed to not come along very quickly. Pretty like chilling if you're an opposing team to wonder what he could be defensively. And offense has always been the question, right? Last night, very much not. In a lot of his recent games as well, very much not uh, like a huge, huge concern. Yeah, there's still some possessions where you'll kind of blow things up, take a silly floater, take a silly shot or whatever it might be. But for the most part, he's been pretty reserved pretty contained. He had four assists last night, hit a couple of really nice guys on the move. Uh, what I think my favorite precious play from last night was there was a deflection off of Malachi Flynn. It went into the backcourt. Uh, the Raptors still had possession. There was like eight on the clock maybe, and precious picked up the ball and you could see he looks up low clock. Oh, it's my time, baby. <laughs> I'm not passing here. I'm going to score. And he did. He just barreled his way into the sort of right block, put up a little floater off glass and scored. And that is like, it's scary stuff, man. He's six eight, six nine, and he's able to put the ball on the deck like that. That's the hard stuff. The you know, obviously it's difficult to figure out touch and angles and where you're going to shoot from and things like that. But he's got two of the pretty uh, important ingredients, which are speed in the first step, along with a pretty decent handle to become a pretty interesting off the ball player or on the ball player as we go forward here. You're never going to want to run your offense through pressures that you have, but late clock situation, for example, it comes to him. You need him to make something out of nothing. Maybe he's a guy who can start doing that. Really, really impressed with pressures that you in this game and over the last few games as well. And uh, I, I think there's, you know, a, uh, <laughs> a pretty good case to be made that he should actually be starting right now. Um, you know, Ken Birch is going to start obviously, uh, or has been starting obviously lately, I don't know if Kem Birch really needs to be playing that much right now. I know it's a 
it's a it's a bummer. I love Ken Birch. We had his mother on this very podcast, and we talked about how exciting it was that he's playing for the team he grew up watching, and it's such a thrill for him. And he's going to be around beyond this season, you would assume. Like he's on a pretty affordable contract. That deal is not like a disaster by any means. He just doesn't have it right now. And for me, I think the Raptors would get themselves off to better starts in these games, and they just start precious. Yes, that threatens breaking up the Boucher and, and Precious kind of duo that's been so awesome. But I also kind of think like a Kem Boucher uh, duo off the bench can be pretty useful too. You think back to last year, the best times of Chris Boucher's last season in terms of pro providing winning basketball and productive play were playing next to Aaron Baines, uh, actually. And that Killer Bees combo was pretty interesting for like a little stretch there until things went to hell. Uh, and I wonder if maybe you can get a similar sort of thing. You know, Birch will still be there on the offensive glass. It's not quite as chaotic as when you have Precious and Boucher out there, but as a bench duo, I, I kind of don't dislike that combo. Um, and I think Thad Young kind of fits with both iterations pretty nicely if you sprinkle in the right pieces in the backcourt. Uh, and so, you know, I, I guess you can't really go wrong either way. I just kind of think Precious deserves it more, and I'd rather find an avenue for him to get to 30 minutes a game as opposed to him playing 24 off the bench and filling in for Kem Birch. So uh, that's where I'm at with that. I, start Precious is uh, is where I'm at with that. Uh, we are going to continue on here and round of the show with the dude of the game, the way we close out every game recap episode of the podcast. But before we do that, just want to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com. Look, buying uh, auto parts is scary. Going to the mechanic is scary because they charge you a lot of money for that stuff. And they usually only have one version of the part that you need in stock. And you're stuck paying that price and you're stuck with that brand. Not the same problem at all. When you go to rockauto.com, there are no problems there because they're incredible. You go to their easy to use website. So easy that I, a car dumb dumb and internet fool can use very easily and you can find the parts that you need for your car, and you get options. You get prices, specifications, and brands that are varied. You can choose the option that works for you, and then you can have the mechanic put that part in your car, so you're just paying for the labor. You're not paying for that extra part, and that is a wonderful thing to do. You can also put it in yourself if you're an enterprising individual very much unlike myself. But either way, rockauto.com is here to make the auto parts game less of a horror show to navigate. They've got everything you might need from the important stuff to the aesthetic stuff and everything in between. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box and know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, let's round up the show here with the dude of the game. Of course, if you're uh, unfamiliar with this segment, this is one that has existed all season long, and it is uh, an, old, an ode to someone who did something within a Raptors game that went unheralded, a really important dude-level performance. Uh, lots of dudes to potentially choose from here. Uh, intrepid listener Jay pointed out to me that Malachi Flynn did basically dude things all night long. He got the first segment love, though. It's, he was too good in this game to be the dude of the game, I think. And so I am going to go for the second time in his four games with the Raptors. I'm going with our boy Thaddeus Young as the dude of the game. And man, I have fallen so hard and so fast for Thad Young. I'm ready to give this guy like 13 million a year or four years fully guaranteed at the end of the season. Not really, but you know what I mean? You get the point. I love Thaddeus Young. He's just such a great fit with how the Raptors play. Yes, it's a tricky thing to manage because he's got a lot of like-minded players on the team, and so putting him in the right situations is really going to be a difficult thing to manage for Nick Nurse, but the good thing is, is he's pretty malleable and I think can fit in a lot of spots. And if he's going to hit threes, 
that becomes bloody interesting because he was not hitting threes at all the last couple of seasons, even in Chicago last year where he was, you know, I think probably should have been the sixth man of the year. He didn't win it, but he was very, very much uh, deserving. And, you know, had he scored more points as you tend to need to do to win that award, I think he probably wins it because of everything else he did. But I think, you know, he wasn't even shooting threes then. Now, if he's going to stand in the corner and just kind of be there and knock down two threes a game or attempt three or four and maybe knock down one or two, that's a pretty big deal. And, you know, it's not like he has a crazy track record of it. I'm not going to say, all right, he's for sure fixed. They've gone and done the shock doctor thing in the matter of two weeks and have turned Thad Young into a 40% three-point shooter. But if he's just willing to put him up, that's a big thing. He's had some issues with hesitation and not being super comfortable on the catch and shoot ones. That Hawks game in particular, I think he walked into two separate shot clock violations just because he wouldn't take the open three that was given to him. If he's doing what he did last night against the Hawks, or not, not the Hawks, the Nets, and knocking down those corner threes when they do come his way, that's massive because he does so much else. And that three ball will actually probably open up more for him because he can kind of blow by guys a little bit. He's a little bit deceptively quick with that left hand. And I think with his passing, you know, you want to kind of weaponize him any way you can. And if he's knocking down the odd three, which I think the stat was he hit zero corner threes all season long for the Spurs and has now hit four for the Raptors in his time with the team. Might be three. I think it's four now. Uh, just uh, really, really interesting stuff if you are a fan of Thad Young, as I am. He also had, I think, my favorite play of the season so far. And yes, I'm a person who loves dunks. We all know this. I talk about dunks a lot on the podcast. They're my favorite type of thing. We saw Yuta Watanabe have himself a big dunk last night, uh, which was awesome and great to see Yuta get some run as a little side note. Uh, play him more. I think the lineup with Malachi Flynn, Thad Young, Yuta Watanabe, Precious Achua, uh, or sorry, Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes. I think that was the lineup uh, in the second quarter that I really liked. Uh, that one makes a lot of sense. Lots of space and lots of shooting. Lots of uh, everyone can put the ball on the deck, etc. But uh, that's besides the point. Shout out to Utah. But with Thad Young, Guy doesn't really dunk much. I'm not sure if he can dunk. Maybe those easy sort of two-hand flushes with nobody around him in a perfect situation. But he did have a pass fake last night that sent Bruce Brown like nine feet one direction, leading to a little spin move and back down from Thad Young going up for the bucket right near the basket. That fake pass, man. Just like you've got Thad Young throwing fake passes like that. You've got Pascal Siakam throwing incredible passes you know, from any which way, whether it's from the post, whether it's going downhill and pick and rolls, whatever it might be, Siakam's passing out of his mind this season. You've got Fred Van Vliet figuring out the pick and roll game and the little pocket passes and sneaky little passes around dudes. And then, of course, you have Scotty Barnes, who throws no-look passes like it's his job. Uh, lots of cool passers on this team, which really, really speaks to my sensibilities. Uh, I love Marcus Gasol quite a bit. I love anyone who throws cool passes, and the Raptors currently are uh, just bursting with dudes to do it. So uh, Thad Young is your dude of the game, not only for his excellent work uh, on those catch and shoots, but also for that individual play, which got me, uh, like I literally yelped when I saw it, because that's what I do when I watch games at home by myself. I yelp and make weird sounds and exclaim like a weirdo as my fiance in the next room is uh, very, very confused. Either way, Thad Young, your dude of the game. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the show. We'll be back again tomorrow. Break down the Raptors-Nets game. Regular time, it'll be in the morning when I record that one. So sorry for the later uh, release on this one, but hope you enjoyed it. And we will talk to you again on Wednesday. Uh, until we do that, or until we come back, you can go make your second listen of the day, Locked On NBA. Every single day, they're breaking down all the action in the NBA. They'll break down Raptors-Nets tonight. They broke down Raptors-Nets last night. So go and check that out 
out and uh, support that wonderful show both on the podcast apps and on YouTube. And uh, with that, we will say goodbye. Enjoy the return of fans to Scotiabank Arena tonight. Bye-bye.